Hello and welcome to Sunnydale Study Group, the podcast for returning Scoobies and Buffy newbies. I'm Omar. I'm Chris. And I'm Holland. Today we'll be talking about episode 12 of season 3, Helpless. Alright, let's head right into the library. Hey guys, Hello. how's it going? Whenever right. I hear Helpless, I think of... Hamilton? No, I think of Heartless. Helpless. I think of the Kanye West song. Oh. How could you be so helpless? That's what I... Like, I always want to sing it like that, but then yeah. I'm like, oh no, it's not Are Helpless. You Once you've heard Ham. I'm not. It's just that album. It's, mm, what is it, 808 and Heartbreaks? Yeah. Well, because, and my roommate, uh, my roommate, actually, who I ran into at Racing Arizona, um, she had extra tickets to Kanye once. It was crazy, because it was her birthday, and someone had canceled on her to go see Kanye on her birthday, and I was like, well, that person sucks, uh, but I got to go see Kanye for free. Wait, the person canceled on her she had tickets. to not go see Kanye? It was when he was at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. So she had tickets for both nights. And uh, it was probably pretty epic. Yeah. It was really good. No, it was person, insane. What else did they have that was well, more important one of them, Kanye? One of them was her boyfriend had gotten her tickets and then her mom had gotten her tickets. And so she went with her boyfriend and his friend the night before. Mm. But then the next night. Was like, I'm sorry, I'm out. I don't know. I love Kanye. Kanye twice. I'm not as crazy about his ever, kind of post- Swift interruption on. It was re- it's I really, didn't really I love only him. like 808 and Heartbreaks and um, uh, whatever Dropout, that one. The College, college dropout, dropout and Late Registration. And Late Registration. Both that's amazing wow. albums. Those, those yeah. are the only ones. They're okay, great so those three. albums. It's those three and that's it. And Graduation. Oh, and then there's the one where he samples right. the Bonnie Bear song because I did a dance to that once. I think that's great. Is that Lost in the Woods one? Oh, I'm Lost in yeah. the Woods. Yeah. I did a dance to that one, so I like that one. I love that one too. Yeah, I think he's great. It sucks that he got so know. weird. I don't know how he is as a person, but some of his music is. It seems like. Then there's one where he samples of, a Marilyn Manson song, and I like that there's one. There's a weirdness. He's not the worst weird person. Like, he's not, he's I would just feel not like a all the dude. Rolling Stones are worse no, weird no, no, people. He, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's <laughs> you know? weird. I'm just, just saying he's kind yeah. of gross. He just says oh, a lot of crazy crap. He's like very misogynistic. Yeah. He says a lot of weird, horrible things. Yeah. But speaking of weird, horrible things. Oh, this episode. Yeah. <laughs> really, I just also want to mention that we did take a little bit of a hiatus from the podcast because Chris Bramante was headfirst in the Fringe Festival. Hey. And man, was it a good production. We got to see Thank it. You. It was so good. It was I really, really, really it. good. Thanks, guys. I like Thanks I keep for telling coming. you about how much I liked it. I it love really it every good. time. It was really good. <laughs> the music okay. was Tunnel. awesome. The music was like, it's so weird to like, because the music would like get stuck in my head and stuff, and I was like, "That's weird." Because yeah, cool. Yeah, I several good. people that I know who saw the show were like humming the songs. And like, I don't remember the words, but oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah. and it's like weirdly emotional, and it's like yeah. weird because it's like I know all of you guys, and like if something happens to you, I'm like, "Oh no, they're my friends. They're here." I'm like, oh no, <laughs> it was like weirdly intense. It was really good. Good hey. job. Good job doing theater, job, man. Thank you, guys. Theater's great. Very talented. Everyone, t- actually, Vince Casso, Vince Casso was talking about how great you were. Was he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what did he say? That's nuts. He was just talking he's about how talented. No, he was because uh, he saw you guys at the stream, the oh, NBA stream. Oh, okay. And he was talking cool. about how talented you guys were. Oh, cool. Yeah. Look at that. Members yeah. of the guild. Hooray. Or fans of you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Let's keep complimenting Chris and see like how. It. This actually isn't about helpless. <laughs> this is an intervention, but like a really good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really an intervention as much as like a keep going. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. An yeah. inter. Stellar. Stellar. Yeah. Not I the film. still haven't seen that movie. I like it. I I'm not as it. into it. I wouldn't say I hate it because I like the ideas. <laughs> I just didn't like watching it. Second time around, <laughs> man. Second time around. It's so okay, good. So. We'll right. watch it. We'll watch it. It's on okay. Hulu. I think I understood the end more. You will the second okay. time you watch it because you yeah. saw it once already. <laughs> the first time I was like, what? All right. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Well, talking about endings, uh, this episode ends, but let's say that you didn't get around to seeing it because you had the flu, or people around you were just not being trustworthy. Maybe you didn't even start the episode to begin with because you were wondering what's in the box. Well, don't worry, because Chris Bramante is going to summarize this entire episode in our cram section. It's going to be five easy spoon-fed pill sentences. Mm -hmm. So, Chris, take it away. It's Buffy's 18th birthday, and while the gang is trying to figure out what they should do for it, Buffy warns them, let's not do anything, because every time I have a birthday, something horrible happens. But, little did she know, that in secret, Giles has been injecting her with a weakening agent, because on every Slayer's 18th birthday, they are put to a test by the Watcher's Council, in which their Slayer powers are secretly removed by their Watcher, and they are trapped in a situation that they must overcome. One, for 
Buffy the Vampire Slayer, it happens to be that she is going to be trapped in a creepy, haunted-seeming house with a migraine-having, former serial-killing vampire called Kralik, who is trapped in a weird coffin thing with three Watchers, led by Quentin Travers, the head of the Watchers Council, who are preparing him for the test where Buffy will be thrown into his lair. Two. Buffy is totally freaking out because she's encountering physical weakness and dizziness and feels like she has the flu and doesn't know what the hell is going on. And almost loses her life when finally Giles can take it no longer and reveals to her that he has been doing it because under the guise of the Watcher's Council, he must do this to her every, on the 18th birthday. And Buffy is furious and tells Giles she hates him and she storms out angrily, uh, leaving Giles befuddled. Three. <clears throat> The now weakened Buffy uh, runs into the nearly the recently escaped Kralik, who overcame and killed the two Watchers, turning one of them into a vampire uh, minion of his, and finds Joyce and brings her to his lair, where he taunts Buffy, leaving her Polaroid images of Joyce trapped in his lair, and Buffy follows him to the weird, creepy house where they were preparing him. Four. Buffy comes up against Kralik, completely without her slayer strength and only her wits about her, and is able to defeat him by replacing his migraine drinking water with holy water, and it kills him from the inside out. But the casualty of the situation is Giles, who was fired by the Watcher's Council because he told Buffy that he was the one doing the thing and that his fatherly love of the Slayer has impeded his ability to do his job. But they give Buffy full marks, and it's a weird 18th birthday after all. Five. Nice. Cool. That was a good one. Did yeah. I leave anything out? I didn't really include the gang. Did they do anything important? It was mostly a Buffy episode. It was kind of just her yeah. and the I don't Kralik remember stuff. the gang doing a whole lot. It was a really big Buffy episode. Yeah. Like, Willow is trying to still turn Amy back. Yeah. Uh-huh. They, like, kind of mentioned, but is more concerned about, like, Amy as a rat and, like, mm-hmm. all the stuff that she gets for her. Mm-hmm. Um, That's about it, right? Yeah. It's <laughs> Cordy's there. I mean, they come in at the end, but it's very mm-hmm. much... Cordy, actually, you know, Cordy has a great freaking performance, man. Charisma. Yeah. She does a good made job. Made that scene. I well, love that scene. It's like her being Cordelia and very like, I don't know what's going on. I'm going to, where it's not like she's, uh, I don't know, she's being uh, daft, but not really. Yeah. She like instantly switches to being like a good friend. Mm-hmm. Despite everything yeah. that's happened. Yeah, can I have a ride yeah. home? And yeah. Cordy's like, yeah, of Despite course. everything that's happened, yeah. Because yeah. so. I think Cordy definitely has, there's like a power struggle. There's always been a power struggle between Buffy and Cordelia. Yeah. yeah. And the inferiority complex in that sense drops. Uh, I mean, from that earlier scene where that guy is weirdly being a horrible man to oh, Cordelia. God, yeah. So awful. Like insane. That. And then knocks Buffy yeah. like yeah. over a cement yeah. block. It was awful. Yeah, that was. But I love that Cordy like is like, well, now I'm gonna kick your ass. Yeah, because what the hell are you doing? Yeah, that guy was awful. Yeah, he's a horrible. I don't know why nothing ever happens to him, right? We never see him again. No, it's just some random. I'm just gonna say, I know that we've dropped our Sunnydale body count, but the next big thing that happens, I'm just gonna loop him into that. That's why he's gone. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he was one of them. Yeah, maybe he got caught in Kralik's wake. Oh, you know what? Saying that right? Is that how they said it? Yeah. I think so, I yeah. What yeah. a serial killer name. Yeah. So he's, <laughs> he's like a Mass Effect villain. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I like how this episode, because I was trying to figure it out and I was talking to Chris before you got here, because uh, we were going through, um, what is that book called? Dusted. The Dusted. book that we, our reference book is yes. called Dusted with Lawrence, Miles, Lars Pearson, and Krista Dixon as yes. the editors. Um, So I go to that book because I look stuff up. I usually just use IMDb or, ugh. Wikipedia, which I hate Wikipedia, but I'll go to it when I need to. Why stuff. do you hate Wikipedia? Yeah, I don't because Wikipedia? my you're fine with IMDb. No, here's my biggest 
pet peeve. If, if you are trying to figure out something about a movie or a TV show, you should go to IMDb before you go to Wikipedia. IMDb is going to give the info you need and let you know when spoilers are going to happen. If you go to Wikipedia to look something up, you're just going to get spoiled for the whole thing. Oh, oh. IMDb yeah. is is cleverly crafted so you can find out all the things you need to know about a movie if you haven't flags. seen it. And there are spoiler mm. flags for if you've already seen it. And Got it. whoever created IMDb did a really good job setting it up. And I just have a really big pet peeve because I had a friend in college who every time we went to go look up a movie, she would just go to Wikipedia. And I was like, don't go to Wikipedia. If you're reading about this movie, you're going to spoil yourself. That's and a really good reason. She always would. And I was like, don't like their IMDb was created for a reason. Like you can go on IMDb and find out the same information. This is just a pet peeve not that to, I have. Not that's clearly <laughs> coming out right To now. play devil's advocate for Wikipedia for a moment. When I look up an but encyclopedia. Also, you can put, you can put, no, no, no. no but I know Wikipedia, that America won the Revolutionary no, War. But it's not an encyclopedia. Wikipedia is done by people. You can post false information to Wikipedia and it is not necessarily caught right away. It depends on how popular your article is. So you can write false things on Wikipedia and people can read them and think that they're true, but that is not necessarily the case because Wikipedia is what? The people's encyclopedia. That's literally the definition of it. So I don't but know. what even I have is a... the truth? Well, okay. yeah, that's well... what's funny is because actually they did, this is, has nothing to do with the episode, but they did a, um, uh, and I'll see if I can find the link to this and post it because this is a long time ago. It was back when I was in college, so at least 20 years ago, mm. uh, which is not true. <laughs> Those numbers are completely accurate. Where <laughs> did they, you find that on Wikipedia? I found it on Wikipedia. Um, I have a funny Wikipedia story, but it's not that, it, it's it's a Harry Potter one. It's not a Buffy one, so I'll, I'll tell you guys probably off, cam, off oh. mic or later. But they did a test, and there's actually less um, statistical, no, there's less factual inaccuracies in Wikipedia than there is in the Encyclopedia Britannica because there are, there's like an oligarchy that makes the Encyclopedia Britannica, but that doesn't mean that they're gods. So that their actual human error translates out, whereas like the democracy of Wikipedia trumps the Encyclopedia Britannica. Are you talking about physical versions or online versions? This is the physical version of Encyclopedia Britannica okay. versus But then Wikipedia. also you can argue that the physical version of any sort of encyclopedia versus the online version of anything because there's also an online version of the Encyclopedia Britannica. If it's an online version, you can easily edit it. Whereas True. if it's a physical copy, copy, copy. you... Yeah, I was trying to sound intelligent. And then of course <laughs> I said a word incorrectly and it all goes to shit. And I refuse um, it. Yeah, <laughs> but if it's a this physical if it's a physical copy of something, you have to put out different versions, and right. there's usually years between those versions, so you cannot update everything as frequently as you could update something if it's on That's the internet. Very true. So that mm-hmm. is another thing. I would be curious to see them the an online uh, encyclopedia company versus Wikipedia. I mean, all encyclopedias. I mean, Merriam-Webster yeah. and Encyclopedia Britannica are both have online versions, at least for like definitions. But I'd love and for stuff. someone to fact check both of those and see. I wonder. Yeah. Can someone do that? Why are we talking about Wikipedia? I had a point to make. <laughs> I had a point to make, and then I got off on a tangent oh, okay. about how much I. Which never happens Wikipedia. on the podcast. Okay. Um. So my point that I wanted Sometimes to make. I, I'm like. Wait, Chris was staring at a crystal and (laughs) (laughs) the point that I wanted to make is that this episode feels more like a like horror movie or it feels more horror than any a lot of most other episodes of Buffy I would say well it's Red Riding Hood right I don't... It's like a Red Riding Hood story because she's wearing the Red Riding Hood thing. He's the wolf. It's okay. a house. It's grandmother's house. Yeah. It's not a grandmother's house, but it's a house. But he makes a reference that's to it. That's a good call. That's not necessarily what I was thinking of, but that's a really good point because I wasn't thinking of that, but that does completely make sense. But to me, it felt more like a classic horror movie. So I was yeah. trying to figure out if they were specifically referencing something because it felt kind oh. of Silence of the Lambsy. Yeah. Because they have the pictures and like he's kind of like Buffalo Bill, but not exactly. That's so true. And then I was like, maybe it's like a classic like Hitchcock thing because I was thinking maybe Psycho because the issues with his mother. But it doesn't completely, I couldn't figure out a horror movie that I completely fit with. Oh my God, it's with, totally, yeah. But I was getting homages to a bunch of different big horror movies, but I couldn't, I don't know, because I looked it up, but I couldn't find anywhere where it specifically yeah, says it's an homage to this. But it also is like the scene where like the hand is on the table. I feel like that's an homage to some specific shot of something. Like, oh, uh, they show it isn't twice. it M? I don't know. Like that was the problem because it was like stuff was happening and like, with the Polaroids and the hand and like the lighting and it was just so clearly like it was just set up like a horror movie like it wasn't mm-hmm. even necessarily because like this vampire wasn't just a vampire he used to be a serial killer like yeah. it was set up like a horror yeah, film not like a standard like just Buffy like vampire creepy thing that's so true it was true. like yeah. scary so and I but I couldn't 
that's the thing. Like, I feel like if I met David Fury at a party, I would confront him and corner him and be like, David Fury, what were you trying to do with this episode? Because I just want to know. Because it seems like yeah, he's... Yeah, we should corner him. I met David Fury. No, I know. But yeah, it, why didn't you corner like, him? But... I, well, first of all, the, about this the, was, we were outside. <laughs> Second no of all, so the corners were difficult. Second of all, I was just really excited to see him, and I told him that he is one of my favorite writers and producers and directors. And awesome. then we got a picture yeah. together where I asked if we could both look really bored. Nice. <laughs> well, this episode is awesome. so good. It is great, and I love that it's not a typical because he's such a funny writer. Yeah, that it's like a full grim, horrific episode. That God, like totally the comedy is, is very it is. like it it's is. just a Nightmare on Elm Street sort of feel to it, yeah. where. Like, she's freaking out and no one believes her. Yeah. Everyone's like, just calm down. It's probably just a thing, which is such like, I know it's a horror trope, but I feel like Nightmare on Elm Street does it the best, where all the mm. parents are like, there's nothing wrong. And later you find out it's because all the parents made it happen. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is in uh, two. It's not even in one. Yeah. yeah it's not right? Because in one, yeah. is, it's, it's the only those four or five kids yeah. that are yeah. even affected. Yeah. Johnny Depp. Oh, I th- and also it's like the knife thing, but the knife thing's next episode. I just That's not automatically a huge spoiler, think but, of yeah. Johnny Depp getting sucked into a bed and just blood everywhere. And that effect. They had to build the. So much blood. The room upside down, and then it oh, broke yeah. the room because there was the blood was too heavy. Yeah. So the scene where the blood sprays blood up, it broke the entire set because yeah. the blood tank was too heavy. That is amazing. Yeah, the uh, but yeah, this. I think that another thing that's so unnerving about this episode is that the council God. is for it. This is the biggest first introduction of the council. You yeah. meet Quentin yeah. Travers for the first time. Yeah, and you meet the fact that the council's sketchy. They're a bunch of old British dudes. It's Brexit. It's Brexit. They're essentially yeah. Brexiters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wrote that in my notes. I was wondering how soon that was going to come up. I know. Yeah. I was um, waiting for it. <laughs> yeah. Who coined that term, Brexit? Just the internet? Britain exiting? I don't know. That's I a good question. I would probably say it would probably be one of the members of UKIP. Probably. But, so you tip Brexit. Because they probably, they're all um, very immature in their own right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they like words that sound like baby words. Yeah. I am not pro-Brexit. Me <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say it. And I've never met anyone who is, well, I mean, I also don't live in Britain, but. Yeah. All my Who's Line friends no are not happy No one seems to be pro-Brexit. <laughs> Even the people who voted for Brexit are like, oh man, I yeah. was not pro-Brexit. So I don't think d- anyone yeah. is. <laughs> I mean, I don't want the pound to drop. And it no. is. <laughs> I don't want the world. To a friend of mine is uh, a friend of mine is traveling to London, and it's a friend who uh, likes to partake he himself wait in a, a beer bit. or two. Oh, he should sure. wait a bit, but it'll be better for <laughs> no, him. He, it's, it's, it's already better. planned. It's already better. He but has a like, wedding. He has to go. Oh, but the pound is dropping. <laughs> yeah, and so beer is going to be really cheap. Yeah, for him. Yeah, just beer. <laughs> who was beer. it? I think it was American Airlines or someone who was just like, "The pound's dropping. Buy our plane tickets." <laughs> I do. I honestly, Ooh, I really. Should we go to England? We should go. But I've been once, but it was so expensive. I would love to go back when. It's significantly cheaper, but I'm probably gonna. I think is that about to happen. Waiting. But here's the real. I don't know like, how math works. You should wait like six months to a year. Here's the real question. It'll continue dropping, and it'll probably get to. I don't. I don't know though, because I'm not super uh, versed in economics. But I'm gonna go full England in a year. Probably do, at least six. Do months. any of us look Pakistani, Syrian, or Polish? If so, you? it might not be the best time to visit England. Oh. <laughs> It's uh, like so, yeah, tourism, no. like hate crime tourism is probably going to be really probably big. Just Christian hate crime, hate crime probably Christian. just Christian. Probably just Christian. But I don't see. Oh, think, but he looks no, you. Yeah. But I don't want to. So I don't want to go if you have Eastern European descent, go. right? Uh, I've uh, yeah. No, here's the. I'm Albanian. I'm literally I'm Albanian, Eastern yeah, European and black. So no, the parts yeah. of me that look white look Eastern European white. Here's the so here's just, the crazy thing is that like in the United States of America right now, this is getting real. Sorry. Uh, but let's talk about the helplessness of racism <laughs> really quickly. In the United States of America, I would probably argue that I would get a, a, a hefty brunt in terms of racism mm-hmm. in our group right now. I might yeah. get a heftier brunt than you Mostly guys you. in of the course. current Mostly climate you. with of Trump course. running. For sure. Yeah. What's crazy is when we go to when we go to England, it would be equal amongst the three of us. It that would be, be a just fun as experiment. much. Me to, like it's crazy to me that like uh. I, like right now that like. Uh, even I would say Irish citizens, but like especially Polish citizens and Eastern yeah. European citizens, which when they come, when Eastern European citizens come to the United States of America, I feel like you wouldn't, it would be hard for Americans to distinguish because we're so isolationist. We might not even know where, you know, some of these countries are from. Like Belgium, is it a country? Is it a capital? Some people might not know. But is it, it a is, waffle? It's, 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 I hope so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but right now, because uh, England is, in Europe is part of Europe, no yeah. matter what um, yeah. half of voters 
originally voted on, and then probably half of those regretted it the next morning, yeah. <laughs> say that it would be shared, and that's mind blowing to me. Like that's so crazy. Yeah, it's like early United States America. It people is. are a usually lot of anti-Polish stuff too. People are usually too confused by stuff. me to be upset by me. Think so? Yeah, they just that's look at me and they're like, "What are you?" And then when they get to do, uh, yeah, you're like Mysterio, the Spider-Man are, villain. Yeah. When people are just people like, are "Do just I hate confused. him?" I don't know, even know what he is. Is he a crystal ball? It'll take ball? them a while to get mad at me, so we could probably go to Britain for like a week. So you're just gonna Psyduck stun them? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and what then are you? <laughs> are you hot? Or are you not? I don't know. What are you? People ask it. you that. People don't ask me if I'm hot. People oh. ask me what I am, though, all the time. That's weird. That's Isn't that a weird thing to ask someone? Girls, I've noticed. Not just guys, I'm, just like when I would work in retail. Women do it too. I'm no, just, just when I would work in retail, people would just be like, so oh, weird. here, bringing up your groceries. Also, what are you? I'm from New Jersey. No, ethnicity. Oh, okay, you're going there. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's another man. point that I wanted to bring up with this episode. Yeah, so back to the episode. So this, yeah, so no, the, so the, so the so watchers to, are total <laughs> Brexit. Yeah. I would say that they probably voted yes on Brexit. They were like for sure on Brexit. But they probably also somehow. No, I think they would just do it because they believe in Britain for Britain. Yeah. Which is it's something that means something to them and not what means to anyone else. Mm-hmm. Which and then Giles would be the stay. Yes. <laughs> Giles would be, vote remain, and they would uh, he would essentially be exiled mm-hmm. similarly. And what a great move, writing wise. Just like in terms of a stake raiser, that the council fires Giles. Yeah, yeah. For loving Buffy. Well, yeah. It's really intense, especially because the thing that I wanted wanted to bring up about this episode is that this episode is for sure one hundred and ten percent about daddy issues and like mm-hmm. basically like having issues with your parents or your parents disappointing you, mm-hmm. uh, which I have a lot to say about. But. Um, in this episode where Buffy is clearly so mad at Giles for betraying her and like mm-hmm. you're also upset with Giles and it's like a really intense scene. Yeah. Giles is upset with yeah. Giles. Yeah, and like to have it end with Giles being fired, so that brings this whole other level of like, yes, Buffy is upset with Giles, but does Buffy completely want Giles out of her life? No. No. So it's like it brings that other thing that she also has to deal with, which she's already dealing with so much. And it's like, oh, but also Giles is fired and he's not your watcher anymore. Yeah. Also, he's completely her parent figure. What? The difference yeah. between, I mean, exactly to say, to agree with both of you guys, yeah. he, uh, her dad in the episode chooses work over Buffy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In this episode, even though it's not 100% his choice, Giles essentially chooses Buffy over work. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's his job. He gets fired. Buffy yeah. over, his, over his calling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, over everything that he's trained for since he was born. Where yeah. Giles was born into it as well. Yeah, yeah. It was his father and then his grandmother before that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's. I mean, it's really crazy to think about because I'm going to be the one who asks the questions this time. Um. So I'll sit back. <laughs> no, no, no. But the question is, like, when is the first time you realize that like your parents were human or like you were disappointed by your parents? Because one of the things that I noticed watching this episode is like. I, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty public about this, but, like, my birth father left me when I was, like, a child. Mm-hmm. And then my parents, my mom married uh, my now dad when I was, like, four, and he adopted me, technically. So he kind of, like, made me his child, even though I wasn't his child. But my, like, original, like, birth father was around when I was, like, it would have been different if he left before I had been born, but he was around when I was a small child and then decided to leave and kind of, like, signed off on the paperwork with my now dad to kind of like not have anything so to do legally, with me. So you're legally your now dad's daughter. I am legally, yeah. So I legally, my quote unquote like stepdad or half father is my dad because okay. he adopted me when he was like, God, he was only like 27 years old. So like he was young. <laughs> what? He was, he might've even been 25. Like he was fucking young. Like I'm not responsible that's enough the to thing. Bu- have a pull bin at a comic no, shop. that's the thing. So it's like crazy. Cause it's like, okay, like thinking of it now, I'm like, holy shit. He's the same age as like, basically most of the guys that I know right now, right? Um, But it's one of those things where it's like, okay, so I was abandoned by my father. I had this other guy kind of like choose to be my father figure and that means a lot to me, but also at the same time, that's something that like totally affects me as a person. Right, yeah. Yeah. Because that's like the first instance of like rejection. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, and I have other instances where my parents have since gone on to disappoint me, but that is probably like the biggest one. So I think there is a point where you realize Mm. either something that happened in the past or something that happens where your parents disappoint you and you realize like, A, that they're human, but also like it has a really big effect on how you are as a person. Yeah. And I feel like that episode is about that a lot. Mm. Yeah. 
My, uh, I guess to answer, and also you guys might just have really good parents that don't. My parents, I I love my parents. (laughs) Your parents are great. Uh, I love my parents, and then uh, yeah, my parents are really really awesome. But they do like they are, (laughs) they're British, so they argue a lot, Um, and uh, they're not. They're both. um, I don't know. It's yeah. So. I feel like if I just were to go down that path, it would just become racist or something like that against Britons. And I feel like we've beaten up Britons Brexit? enough. <laughs> so Because it was 50%. That's what sucks, is that like... It was like 49 Dude, if that was an American election, do you think that would pass? There would be a no, HBO be... miniseries about it <laughs> called Recount. There would be 100... Yeah, there would be 100... Re- that would be so contested. Um, but, you yeah, know, my parents... So I don't think that I ever had some sort of dogmatic... Uh, belief that my parents were like invincible or they were always right because like if I would I, I had to respect both of their opinions and several times when they would argue their opinions were negative about the other one so it was like very quickly as kids we were just like oh I think our parents are just kind of like have like different issues they're dealing with which is very true um, so good on us for being very astute children probably the first time though is my parents somehow went, went to go buy something from a gardening store and then accidentally got a box of just this these stupid garden ornaments these dumb garden garden ornaments that were these weird animals. I mean, props to the artist, but these animals with googly eyes that were on sticks. That's it. I don't want them. They, they these terrible. The, the artist they really put in some good work. I mean, again, like, yeah. it was just yeah. I would probably say that. Do I respect the uh, garden artist more than Michael Bay? Probably. <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, you can't remake West Side Story so many times to call yourself an artist. But. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he's on the Criterion Collection twice, guys. But I, I told my mom, like, the second we found this box, I was like, we should return these. We didn't buy these. My mom's like, well, it's their fault for putting it in the car. And it was, like, enti- it was like probably 50 of them. And I was like, yeah, but we didn't buy them. And my mom's like, well, it's their, it's their problem. And that was, like, the first time where I was like, wow, that's low. These aren't great. These aren't even <laughs> great. <laughs> and you want to lie about them. Like, I would just drive them back and be like, we don't want these. And even if the company was like, we'll keep them. No, please. They're disgusting. Take them back. Compliments to the artist. Cool. I realized that my stories about my parents are at a completely different level. <laughs> I mean, also... Different. <laughs> like, different. I don't know if I want to tell my other story because mine are way more intense than... That was, like, the first, like, betrayal. Because, like, d- like, the conversation of, like, divorce in my family has been around probably since yeah. I was, like, three. And so, like, that's, like, not, like, a shocking thing to me. So, like, every time that comes up during, like, mm-hmm. every Thanksgiving dinner, it's never, like a shocking moment to me. just like, oh, that's right. Here we go again about this subject matter where like our family like might break up. But it's nothing new. So it never was like, but that was the first time where I was like, that's low. These aren't even good. Mm -hmm. So, kleptomania. Uh, (laughs) She stole things. Yeah. Yeah. Where I was just like, but we don't even need to. (laughs) These aren't good. I don't know if I would say, disappointed isn't, I I mean, mean, I'd say fallibility the first time I saw true fallibility, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so our company, our family company went out of business uh, like four or five years ago. It was a completely life-altering thing. It was like we had a chain of guitar stores called Daddy's Junkie Music that in the recession got hit hard and yeah. went down. And it was really life, completely life-altering. Mm-hmm. And seeing my mother and father go through that yeah was the first time that i was like we were shaken mm-hmm. we were everything that we knew was changing so that was the first time that and, and it triggered certain anxiety in me mm-hmm. i would say it triggered my adult version of my anxiety because it was the first time that i'd seen my Mama Bear and Papa Bear, that they were not invincible. Right, right. That we were all susceptible and that there was nothing they could do about it. Mm -hmm. That it was like a global crisis that was completely changing the world. And all of a sudden, like, all this, like, history came back with a vengeance and put us all in this really strange situation. Yeah. So, uh, to me, I would say that Mm -hmm. was the, that's my answer. That's good. I mean, my biggest thing that, um, that I totally thought about when Buffy gets the thing from her flowers and like the tickets and her dad can't make it was, it was actually, it was like around this time last year when I went home. So I went home to graduate college and I like spent the money to go fly home. I didn't really want to go home to graduate. Cause I was like, I don't need to walk, whatever. But my parents were like, no, we need to see you walk and made it this whole big deal. And then they called me the day before when I was at my friend's house and they were like, actually we can't come to graduation What? because yeah. my dogs got sick. 
What? It turned out my parents had gotten these, my parents got these two dogs to replace me, which I love that they got two dogs to replace me because they're not worth just one dog and worth two dogs. You two dogs. And their names are Thelma and Louise and they're super cute. Uh, but Aww. basically I was at my friends and my parents were supposed to show up later that night because it was supposed to be, my friends from college, it was supposed to be when all of our parents met. Because all my friends were college, we were from like all over the United States, basically. So like my one friend was California, my other friend lived in Boston, and my parents were in New Jersey, and like they had just never all met each other. Oh wow. Um, so they were all gonna be there, and then my mom calls me, and like granted, my mom was very upset, and it was weird because like my mom kind of called me crying, and she was like, We can't come to your graduation, like one of the dogs is really sick, we have to take them in and like figure out what's happening. Um, and it was one of those situations where like in hindsight, like I feel like one of my parents could have came and brought my brother and sister, like whatever. Like I don't think it had to be something where the entire family missed it, but my entire family missed my college graduation that they made me fly out for and pay for. Um, and it was probably one of the, one of the more upsetting things that's happened to me. Um, and it really sucked and I was really, it sucks because I was really disappointed in my parents, but at the same time they were disappointed in themselves Yeah. Uh, because I couldn't be upset with them because my mom was literally crying to me. So I'm like, oh, I can't tell you I'm mad at you because you are clearly upset and you're crying. Yeah. Um, but it sucked because, and then you learn in situations like that, that par- I don't know, parents are just human. Parents like, are people. Yeah. They're adults like anyone else yeah. and maybe it wasn't the best decision that they ever made. Um, but yeah, it really affected me and it's something I still think about. Um, and I mean, I also like, I moved out to the West coast and all my family lives on the East coast and there's probably a reason to that. So it's like, except for us. Yeah. But you, it's fine. You guys are here, but like that. Yeah. Like it's like, <laughs> well, I'm so glad it's, it's fine to work. No, but it's hard though. Cause it's like, my parents have done a lot no, of like, totally. my parents are great and I love my parents, yeah, but we're not necessarily like, I don't know. I feel like other people's families are closer. My family isn't super close. Um, and shit like that happens to me and it sucks. Cause like. It's weird because you see it on like TV and like something happened like that and you're like, oh shit. Like yeah. this reminds me of the time this thing happened mm-hmm. and it totally destroyed my world. But like when you watch it happen in front of you, you're just like, oh, okay, well, Buffy did it. So yeah, I'm glad yeah. that this episode exists and that, uh, you know, we get more family models like this. Mm-hmm. Like it's pretty extreme for a show that I, I, what I, one thing I really, really love about Buffy is that it takes place in Southern California, which is essentially our especially domestically, but I would argue internationally as well, the basis for Western normality of like, yep. this is where we make TV. So this is what a family looks like. You know, this is what people are supposed to look like. This is our definition of attractive. Absolutely. And every so often, every so often being every episode, Buffy subverts that and subverts some sort of expectation or understanding, which opens us up to that conversation, which I like where it's Buffy's not from that atomic 1950s family that has to stick together for the kids. Uh, and by the way, I have an issue with, uh, to bring it back up, how like divorce has always been like a conversation in my family. Mm-hmm. That Blink-182 song, Stay Together for the Kids, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's, I remember like hearing that and I was just like, I don't know, man. Like, I... <laughs> Maybe that wouldn't help the kids. Maybe it wouldn't help, like, angry, like, parents who hate each other versus, like, trying to, like, be honest and have, like, a difficult conversation, Mm -hmm. but then just putting everything on the blanket, like, we have to stay together for this. Like, it's one of those where I'm like, I don't know if that's the best solution. I'm not going to argue the exact opposite, but... Yeah. uh, But I also know that that was a personal story that one of them was, like, writing, so... And they they are not their pants and jacket. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) They're not necessarily the most eloquent men of history. <laughs> Dude, the best was the article that just came out recently where Tom DeLong like quit Blink-182 so he could research like UFOs. Great. That was it. Exactly right. I like that, that about him, <laughs> although I love, I was a big Blink-182 fan as a kid. Same. They, they Still were kind am. of my, Still I, I lost that a little bit. Do you want to go see them? Uh, All American Redux are opening for them? Absolutely. <laughs> because I really I know Blink very well. In October. They were kind of my gateway in sixth grade to the bands that I then kind of became, and then I like yeah. shunned them later. Like, once I got into Minor Threat and, like, Bad Religion, I was like, how did I ever like Blink-182? Because you instantly got cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I was like, fuck, yeah. But my mom in did sixth grade, though, what's my age again? That my mom got me a signed Bad Religion poster because she met awesome. them at Warped Tour. Oh, awesome. It wow. says, Holly, your mom Joan is super kick-ass. Nice. the poster. Anyway. Did Greg sign it? Greg Graffin? I don't know. I wasn't there, but she gave it to me. It was probably Hudson. <laughs> Do you but, uh, remember the short story that was in the fold for, uh, but yes, in the album fold for uh, Dookie? 
you guys ever read that? The one with the, the fangirl who won a date. I don't think I ever had Dookie on CD. Oh, man. Yes, okay, I'm yeah. Sure. I vaguely remember yeah. the Dookie letter. Where she but was like, I got to hang out with the band. And it was like this fake story that they had written about this young girl who got to hang out with Green Day. And they were like, and she was like, they were drinking beer bottles, but they insisted they had emptied out the beer and filled it with milk. <laughs> and it was like this crazy story. And then like, what? she goes and like kills someone by the end. It's like this crazy story where she was like, and then Billy asked me to do this, but I couldn't. And I got really upset. So I, st- I killed this person, like chopped them up through like their stuff over the fence or whatever. And it's wow. like, but it was probably the best day ever. And it was like a super bright, happy story about, <laughs> about this crazy person. Doogie. Uh, Doogie is super punk rock. I love yeah. Green Day, but I'm always so confused because like my, and again, it's probably because I'm younger, but my interpretation of Green Day is like um, Jesus of Suburbia and like On. Um, um, or what is that CD? What is that CD called? American the Idiot. American Idiot and On. Um, where it's like they're still slightly mainstream. So then when like Billy Joe went to... Um, rehab for heroin addiction i was like he can't do heroin he's not punk rock enough he's like too mainstream and then i realized (laughs) that's so weird to me isn't that a terrible thing that i thought where i was was like i was like he doesn't do heroin he's not that extreme Mm -hmm. and i was like oh but yes but i did listen to dookie but it's like weird because my my vision like how i saw them was so much later yeah and it's like i listened to their older stuff but it's like my vision of them was just like interesting it's funny how back in the day people would like make fun of uh, uh, me <laughs> for listening to like Backstreet Boys and like they're just a dumb boy band and like who are you into and then they're just named these punk rock band these pop punk bands like My Chemical Romance and stuff like that they're like that's the real music that's like real stuff Dried Away White like, writes comics now you're, <laughs> that's amazing that's great I love it but then you're like that, no those are totally manufactured as well like <laughs> it's literally All manufactured. that's just being like oh you shop at that hip like wannabe brand store I shop at Hot Topic and you're like uh no it's all just except the fact that it's all manufactured to sell to millions yeah. of people mm-hmm. it's not an individualistic just idea human commerce yeah. yeah just human commerce mm-hmm. buying people mm-hmm. before we get to stuck too deep into a punk rock <laughs> rabbit hole which I'm happy to fall down into um god that'd be a good band not, punk rock Rabbit hole, Rabbit hole, and it's all Alice in Wonderland songs. Oh my god, I'm in. I'm Should we do it? it? Yeah, yeah. I'm shaking. We're shaking we're hands. Are you in? in? Yeah, I'm so in. I've always wanted to be in a punk rock band. Wait, three hands. Or me on the drums. Me on the drums, and you. Yeah, on she plays drums. You want to sing? We'll be the front people. Okay, I'll figure it out. Well, we can all. We can all. I listen to a lot of punk rock. We'll do it. I think we can switch between bass, guitar, and sing. And I've got Nando. I've got keyboard. Whatever you want me to do, buddy. I really want to learn something. The keyboard. I want to be an asset. Do you want to be the bassist? Yeah. Great. Okay. That'll be really cool. Basis is, is, is key for this band. It's very pickupable. That's yeah. what Annalise is saying. We've Especially for our hit. Who are you? We've yeah. had this conversation. She needed a bassist. And she's like, do you play bass? I was like, no, but I can learn. Punk rock rabbit hole. Mia on the drums. Yeah. She's she got might be drums. too busy. Okay. Well, but we'll, we'll sub. Just, we'll sub. We can just have her sample and then we'll play I can over. play drums. Jimmy can play the drums. Yeah. Oh, teach me drums. something. Teach me All something. Right. I'll bass. Do it. We'll start with bass. All right. So punk rock rabbit hole coming to a dinch pit near coming to Omar's improv show near you. Yeah. Where we're gonna premiere. <laughs> we're gonna call it the um uh um uh okay. I wanna sound clever and just come up with this title, but I need your help. What's the orange sauce that you put onto toast? Marmalade. Yeah. We're playing at the marmalade jar. Yeah. Love which is it. a place that we had to name in order for the band to work. So we're going to play the marmalade. Coming to the marmalade jar. Punk rock rabbit hole. <laughs> he sings about the Alice orange in sauce that you put on the toast. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought I wanted to get about, about the dad and Giles stuff. So what I found so interesting, too, is when Buffy was crushed when uh, Hank Summers decides to bail on her. Yeah. One, I found it very interesting in Joyce's performance right there that it's like Joyce was like, knew how sensitive it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Joyce is walking on eggshells in that moment. And she's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to return these? Do you want yeah. to do you want me to come? Like, what do you, what do you want? Isn't trying to push on her too hard. And I thought that that was so sad. And then what I found interesting about it was she did not want Joyce to come, but she asks and Giles. Giles. Yeah. 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 I'm sure that Joyce has suffered disappointment by the hands of Hank Summers before. <laughs> At yeah. least once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna go on a limb and, and, and propose that. that. Yeah. yeah. But totally. uh but what do you think about that? That she doesn't want Joyce well, to do it. Well, because it, it's Giles different. There's like it. a weird like father-daughter thing, and I don't know if it's like a psychological like Freudian thing or if it's like a thing that is built up in culture. Cause I just remember being younger and there's like father-daughter dances and all this yeah. stuff. And like there's so much stuff that's supposed to be like a father-daughter thing. Yeah. And that's a really important thing when you're younger. And I mean, also, I guess, like, when you're turning... Like, it's it's a very important 
aspect of your, of your life. And it is for guys too, mm-hmm. but it's also for girls, I guess, yeah. in a different way. Like father, son, and mother, son. But, yes, and mother, yeah. daughter. But this, like, it's, it's such yeah. a, I don't know, it's definitely a thing. It might violate tradition in Buffy's head, right? Yeah. Because it's a, so strictly it's like a father so daughter. She's so used yeah. to going to this thing with her dad. And even though her and her dad aren't close, they always go and do this thing. So it's really, really crushing. That when even her dad, that, like, that's yeah, the yeah, one, yeah. that's one of the only times. But here's she's the rub the is year. that yeah. Buffy is. Um, is is essentially finding a surrogate father, right? Mm-hmm. Which yeah. she totally meant, you know, that's very on the nose in the episode. Giles is not looking to fulfill a surrogate daughter position. He doesn't have that need, and there's totally a tension there. Uh, but I think until it's, no, 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 perhaps this episode. I don't know, though, because he definitely feels that way towards her. And the only reason it's slightly different in this episode is because the Watchers Council is like, this is something you have to yeah. do. He and cares he, about her, no, but no, no, he's and not like, fulfilling he, like a vacuum left by a daughter figure. It's not a vacuum thing, but at the same time, he feels uncomfortable with what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And the only reason he seems more almost like distant in this episode is because he's trying to fulfill the thing oh, he sure. has to yeah, do. Yeah. So I feel like in any other episode where he's not kind of like summon to do something that he doesn't want to do that is against his nature he would have instantly kind of been like yeah totally because they have that kind of relationship in this episode it's almost kind of blurry um whether or not they have this kind of relationship but it's only because of this task that he's putting being put through yeah and it's because it is literally his job to do so yeah so it, it is hard like yes he doesn't have a vacuum but at the same time he does feel that way towards Buffy. Right. Mm-hmm. That is true. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just not like a, he has no, he's not building like a family model. I would argue that no. G- that Giles is not a family man. No. There's nothing that reads to me as like he one day wants to settle down, you know, and have like a farm and have a bunch of critters running around. He doesn't, he's like this crazy sorcerer. Mm-hmm. He's super you know? solitary. And it's, he always yeah. has been. I mean, it's hard though because it's like he's he's not necessarily a family man, but when those opportunities do arise, you see that that's something that he can see himself wanting. It's the yeah. same thing with Jenny. Like he was very in love with Jenny and he was very happy with Jenny. Oh, so he Jenny. wanted that. But like he hasn't seeked that out since really. Yeah. It, it, like, ha- but it's like, it's and now he's probably like, going to even do it less. Yeah. He's, he's retreating into himself even more. Yeah. It's something he doesn't necessarily seek out. But when it does happen, he recognizes it and he recognizes that he wants it. And that's almost worse. Yeah. Because deep down inside, he's Ripper. Yeah. Yeah. He's still Ripper. And I think that what was great was that Jenny had elements that addressed Ripperdom. Yeah. Yeah. And that allowed him to be comfortable with himself. I don't think that there's a whole lot of people in Sunnydale that match Giles, which is an interesting thing. And it's something I really like about him as a character that is never said super explicitly. Maybe we'll touch on it a little bit and see some later episodes <laughs> but uh, maybe i don't know but uh um the but the fact that he's com- he's comfortable with that like he comes to accept that and accept who he is and he's comfortable with himself mm-hmm. and his role in the world which is something that i feel like a lot of other characters struggle with and people outside struggle with they're like i'm so lonely and, and are looking for someone whereas like that might not be and then they'll like latch onto someone and really project into them what they need out of someone else whereas i feel like giles doesn't do that he could probably date a ton of teachers yeah. <laughs> from the school. He saw something in Jenny that he found really attractive. He's not on the hunt to like find someone to help define him, right. you know. And I really like that about him. Mm-hmm. Or I'm just projecting myself <laughs> into yeah. a character. And Jenny and he were kind of pulled together through circumstance. It wasn't like it was like, oh, there's a school teacher that I socialize with. It's like he specifically needed her for the book scanning project. Yeah, and their first date was like a demon thing. <laughs> yeah. Jenny Calendar is also just great. She yeah, great. I miss her. So like, I would date Jenny Calendar. Raise a glass. Raise a glass. Oh, man. So, yeah, I see the bell getting very close Mm. to the hand. uh, And that's speaking from the relative perspective of the bell because the hand is the actual thing that's moving. Mm -hmm. So do we want to hit any last thoughts before uh, Uh, before we ring in the uh, start of the end? Well, you check your notes. Uh, I found a few behind-the-scenes things kind of very interesting that I read and dusted um, that the original version was that Buffy was drugged up and hallucinating that all of her close people were vampires. Oh. And they rewrote that because it felt too close to the wish. And I thought that was very There cool. was oh, that, yeah, and yeah. also uh, Christine Sutherland didn't want to wear the vampire makeup. She oh, was like really? really claustrophobic uh, and like freaked out by it. Like she really should never intense. have to. I don't ever want to see Joyce as a vampire. No. 
Yikes. And I think that they made the right call. Yeah. Uh, also, a thought I had, too, was it's like, in the way that you were talking about Colin, where it's like, this is a horror movie. What I like about this is, even though we have a lot of vampires in Buffy, but it, it expands beyond vampires, this is the first time in a while that the focus of the episode, that even though his, like, the serial killer things are informing, like, the picture taking and stuff like that, that there is a vampire villain at the yeah. center. Yeah. And it's not like Mr. Trick who, like, bites here and there. It's like horrific situation, girl versus a vampire, one on one. Totally true. Yeah, it's and going that back to the basics. Happens. Yeah, we're getting back to the basics. Uh, I also love that Buffy wants to be the Slayer. Mm-hmm. We we went for a while because she doesn't. This is such a cool episode in that sense. It's really important because for the first season she didn't want to be. We saw that happen mm-hmm. where she's like, God, I have to save this person. I have to do this. I have to save Willow. And now she's like, I don't want to go back to being essentially helpless in the greater yeah. fight. Yeah. But it's also, it's kind of like a loss of identity thing. It's like that storyline where it's like you lose something that is very important to you. Yeah. And then you don't know who you are after you no longer have this thing. Yeah. So she's kind of like, I didn't want to be a slayer, but now I am. And now that I've lost this, I don't know who I am anymore. Yeah. So it's her kind of like trying to come to terms with who she is as a person. What will she do if she doesn't get this back? And it's like, it's really like sad and really heartbreaking mm-hmm. and really relatable because it's like, oh, you don't have this thing that defined you for yeah. mm-hmm. so long. Spider-Man 2 totally took this plot, right? I, I mean, like it a is lot a Spider-Man. It is a Spider-Man no more storyline for this episode mixed with a horror film. Yeah. But uh, it's kind of actually craven Right? It's like it's like yeah. a loss. It's like a it's a loss of powers, but also kind of like a loss of faith. Like it's just a loss of like yeah. some major. Oh yeah, it's like Superman. She's like an of episode everything. where Superman loses. His this is like strength. a yeah. Was that what, what takes away Superman's powers? It's the gold, gold kryptonite. kryptonite. Oz told me. Oz taught me that. Yeah, I, I love that. I read with that. That was so funny. Right, that was such a great tangent. <laughs> Where they're fighting over the different colors of crypto. Yeah. Um. Another thing. This is a later question. Did you guys ever see anything on ice? Oh, yeah, all the time. Oh, really? HP Pavilion, baby. Downtown San Jose. Sharks used to play, and then when the sharks were off the ice, it was Disney on ice. It was huh. Snoopy on ice. Man, it was, yeah, I was the Willow kid. Oh, like, nice. I was frightened of meeting, you know, Woodstock oh. and all them. Yeah. I saw I Toy Story so. on ice. You did? Where? Yeah. Uh, somewhere in New Jersey, yeah. I saw Toy Story on ice. I remember because I had, I had an LGM um, mug. Like, because I got an icy in it, but mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to eat the icy because I wasn't allowed to have corn syrup. Um, so my friend ate the icy, but I got to keep the cup. Oh, nice. That's a good trade. Yeah. I don't think so. I'm trying to think if I like went to the Boston Garden or something and saw something. But you never I never saw ice stuff? I mean, I've seen skaters. Yeah. But there's no like definitive. Oh, like blah, blah, blah on ice. On ice. At the Eastridge Mall, where I grew up in Evergreen, California, uh, Christy Yamaguchi used to train and uh, I used to train... I used to do ice skating. Actually, I'm now remembering that I used to be an ice skater. <laughs> what? Yeah, I used to be an ice skater. Like we, I like I had practiced probably twice or three times a week at Eastridge after school. That's so funny. Uh, especially like, during oh, the summer, it was the perfect thing to do because it's cold. It's an it's an ice arena. That it's an ice rink. And uh, every so often, people would bump into uh, a, Olympic skating extraordinaire, Sammy Gucci, and my friend Morgan actually got her skate signed by her. Nice. That's awesome. She was there all the time. I don't remember ever bumping into her, but I also had forgotten that I used to ice skate (laughs) uh, semi-professionally until just now. So I'll tell you guys. Semi-professionally? That's insane. We like would do like, we were like at like the contests and stuff. I wasn't that good. Were you like in like funny tight suits? I don't remember being in funny tight suits. I remember being really padded because I was paranoid about falling, but I think that maybe when we were performing we had to. But I wasn't good. Again, like I was not good. (laughs) But you were doing it. But I used to actually ice skate. Now I can't. Yeah. You should go and do it. Maybe I should try we should it again. Go no, as I a group. I'd love to skate. Can you skate in California? Do they have like ice houses? Yeah, they uh, Where did they I have grow roller up? rings? <laughs> Why yeah. would you ask that question after <laughs> I told the story about Oh, you're a <laughs> I was <laughs> And Buffy often has ice things. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was never I mean my aunt used to take me ice skating and I had friends I had close friends who did ice hockey. Yeah. I would just skate One on of whom ponds. I had a crush on. Now so that's crazy to me. I would skate on ponds Even though we too. can do it here oh, and yeah. like Northern California. Oh, Not yeah. anymore because of drought oh, yeah. and because of Brexit. Mm-hmm. Right. But <laughs> yeah, we would just, every, my friend David had two, um, he had a very long driveway and he had like this marsh that surrounded his driveway and that was a hot skate spot. It's when winter came, we would go over to David's and we would just all like skate on his frozen marsh. And then I remember there was a tree, because like a lot of trees would be frozen mm-hmm. into the water. 
So I have a specific memory of there was this thing that you could do where with your gloves, you could spin around this frozen tree that was very thin and you could kind of like speed yourself up and then launch yourself. <gasps> so it was like, do you see what I, you That's would hold it, awesome. but you could skate and you could skate, 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 skate and then you would go and you would go like. I would totally fast. just go down on like the one knee and just cut right forth. I would just go skating in Central Park all the time. Wow, that sounds yeah. magical. Yeah. It's wild. Did you ever there's bump into John people. Cusack and lose no, his phone number? No, there's just a lot of people. Oh my god, I love Serendipity. Can we have a so whole Serendipity good. podcast? I've I was never talking about the ice harvest. Can I watch it with you? Okay, and we'll do a podcast. Okay. You've never seen Serendipity? No. I it's funny because you're gonna watch it. It's Sandra Bullock and John Cusack, right? It's no, it's um. That's Lake House. That's Lake House. No, Lake House. It's Sandra Bullock and John Cusack. No, it's Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. Is that the one? That's the one with the letters. That's the time travel one. Yeah. No, so Serendipity is Kate Beckinsale. Was it the reunion of the Sandra of the Bullock speed is in crew? one of them? <laughs> was it Speed? Yeah, no, Sandra Bullock is no, she's in she's in the Lake House and Speed. I Keanu thought it was John Cusack. Is it really? I don't think it's Keanu Reeves. I think it's John. Cusack. Is it John Cusack? I think it's John Cusack. Let's find out. Yeah, it's John Cusack. Cuse. Oh, <laughs> you were right. I was so wrong. It's not Speed. What was the Keanu Reeves movie? He's at a lake house. Just kidding. There doesn't have to be one. <laughs> I was just wrong. And that's our bell, which Hooray. means we are almost out of time. But we still have a little bit because we're going to do an extracurricular activity where we're going to make something up on the spot inspired by this episode. So, Holland, what are you doing this week? I have an idea. Uh, we should be the flower shop that had to come up with the Hank's bouquet and deliver oh God. The, the disappointment bouquet to Buffy. <laughs> the disappointment bouquet shop? Yeah. Okay. Disappointment bouquet shop. <clears throat> Everyone, we got an order in. We got an order in. Jim, you uh, you on balloons, right? Oh, you know it. And uh, and Frank, you are on flowers. Yep. Great, great, great. Uh, and I, I'm on copy. Uh, so let's open this one up here. Uh, oh, oh dear. What you got? Oh, this is a tough one. Oh, no. Dad can't make it to ice skating birthday. Oh, oh man. Sorry. Right, right. right. But I've already blown up all these balloons that says. Hey there, sweetie. Here we go. You should uh, just we, we, de- def- deflate them a little bit. Right, just to just seal the yeah. disappointment there. Just yeah, go ahead and deflate take those a little ones. bit of the air out. Uh, just a little just bit. Just a reminder that just Hello, so they, sweetie, here we go. Those are specifically honeymoon balloons yeah. and bachelorette balloons. Just, just for birthdays. Just so they like still float, but like not as high as they should float. Yeah. All right. All yeah. right. It's all, in all fairness, people... 18-year-old girls do make weird jokes about their fathers to their possibly vampire boyfriends. Mm-hmm. That does happen in this town. Mm-hmm. Yep. But... We're not going to be part of that. We're going to break the chain. So I don't want to be those guys. Exactly. We don't want to be those no. guys. So go ahead and deflate those balloons. That would be great. All right. All right I'm going to take these uh, these old mums out of that we're going to throw away and just put them in the bouquet so they're like slightly off. They're like kind of white, but not really. Just oh, great. Right. Yeah. Yeah, mums. Just mums. these uh, white mums. They're going to be the background. Is that a kind of flower song? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. so I've worked in a flower wild. shop for 20 years and know what's up. It's okay. Just, uh, they're just white They'll fillers. probably end they're up in the trash. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. They're, she's gonna be real disappointed. She's gonna throw them out almost yeah. immediately. Yeah. Um, so I, we might as well save money. Uh, I've got specific uh, stuff to write from from the father. Uh, I, I'm thinking she's not even gonna read it. Should I even put? Should I even choose one of our expensive uh, envelopes? I mean, you gotta at least make it seem like you put some kind of thought. Into I mean, it. you can just do one of those little plastic things where you have the the card. The card doesn't even need to be in an envelope. Just, the rabbit uh, teeth. Yeah, just the rabbit teeth. And, Are we gonna like, rabbit the teeth this one? There and, oh, uh, you know that I'm a fan of the rabbit teeth. Don't even. Don't Should even we put the, the disappointment on the outside? Should we put? Just, just open strong. Cause, cause, cause Not, no he mystery. Sent, he no sent mystery. the ticket, so we don't want her to go through the process of opening. Of discovering. No, no, she should just she should be right there, right in the open. Right. Should we? Exactly uh, and I just, this is a demo- I like to ask you guys a question because I have an assumption, but it might be wrong. I was thinking of sealing the the letter, but now I'm thinking keep it open in case maybe even someone else wants to just read it and deliver the news. Just open. Totally. Just open. Maybe just like an inquisitive I'll mother might be able yeah, to take a exactly, peek, lessen exactly. the blow. No envelope. Don't even bother with. Licking the envelope mm. seal, just no envelope. Guys, you know what I, I heard about the yeah. licking envelopes? From a Seinfeld episode. For oh, sure. that's For tough. Sure. Or paper cuts. Remember when anthrax was a thing? Ugh. I don't mean to bring it down, but why God, would, do I miss the East Coast? Why would anyone even make anthrax? I don't know. I don't know why. How do you that. get to call something anthrax? What is a freaking uh, Being disappointed in your father. <laughs> sure. So what do you yeah. guys say? Uh, we go get some Dunkin' Donuts, complain about the bagels out here on the West Coast, and uh, and uh, go check the Phillies game. I think it sounds like I will blow up a balloon of celebration for that. Oh, yeah, bring the balloons. Let's do it. You want to bring some flowers? Yeah, I'll bring uh, these uh, roses that we threw out. Great. Oh, fine. And I'm going to write a note, okay. uh, be back at three, because we're, we're going to get some Sam Adams beers, am I right? <laughs> 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 oh, oh, this poor girl. 
and that's our bell. <laughs> oh, wow. That was... Man, we discovered I did work in a flower there. shop in Boston for like two years. Oh, you did? I noticed yeah. that. Kabloom Flowers. Kabloom Flowers. I did that's all of their marketing. Related? I did all their... No. I did the all Stan their marketing and also made... I created a bouquet called the Laura Palmer. <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, not... Is that the right... No, Laura. Yeah, Amanda that's her name, right? Is that from Twenty Four? No, Laura. What is her name? In oh, from Twin, Twin Peaks. Peaks. Anyway, it was great because it was. <laughs> we got these hideous blue roses in that you had to dye blue, and then as soon as they came in, they were like, "These are gross, and no one wants them." So it was blue roses and um, dyeing the roses. White blue. irises, I think. The roses and then blue. I wrapped them in plastic. And when you wrap them in plastic, it was just kind of like this blue and white thing wrapped in plastic. And I was like, "Oh, it looks oh like God. Laura Palmer's body." Oh my God. <laughs> There's a picture of it on my Instagram, How like from years you? ago. Uh, I mean. 20, 20, 20 or 21 because okay. I was in college. If you were like 16 years no, old and I was you in co- come I was up in with college. this idea, yeah. I, it, it would still make sense. It's it would great. be 16 year old Holly Farkas, but yeah. I would still. Holly Farkas. Holly Farkas. Holly Farkas. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you guys so much for joining <laughs> us for our discussion of Helpless. I feel like we did a, a good 51% uh, discussion of the episode, 49% uh, remain. So yeah. <laughs> good on yeah. us. We did our best. Did uh, you say 51 and 41? Did I say 40? I meant 49. Did I mess it up? Uh, Don't worry about it. I'm the one editing this, and I'm still not going (laughs) to cut it out because that's extra work. Uh, Chris, where can they find you? Hey, I'm Chris Permonti. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter as a Montioc. You can find me performing with Robot Teammate, who's going to start doing the Twitch show every week now. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. Friday? Fridays at 6 p.m. Nice. Pacific time. Thank you. We're going to be doing an improvised hour on, uh, on the Geek and Sundry Twitch, so you can watch that. That's amazing. Nice. Then, Here we go. Yeah, and then we got a couple uh, a couple more Hamilton's events coming up. Uh, July 9th at the Nerdist School and July 31st. So if you love Hamilton, you're in L.A., come uh, join me, Omar, Mia, and hopefully Holland this time around for uh, for a little revolutionary revelry. Uh, that's what I got. Oh, yeah. Holland, where can they find you? Uh, I'm Holland Farkas. You can find me on Twitter at Holland Farkas. I mostly complain. Um, and try to be deep sometimes. I don't know. I tweet a lot. Uh, on Instagram, I'm Farkland. Uh, Facebook, Colin Farkas. And that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, random places on the internet. I might have an article coming out soon. Who knows? Yeah. That's it. Nice. And I'm Omar. You can also find me at Omar Najam on Twitter, uh, as well as at Two Broke Geeks. Uh, hopefully going to be getting some video stuff going. Although I got really stressed about all the VidCon stuff, so. We should do, I mean, I want to <laughs> do, I'm going to start something. Akeem right. was here. I saw him at Universal. Yeah. I did yeah. not see Akeem. I, I ran into him at City Walk. City Walk. Would you uh, hang with him soon? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> would you have him on the podcast? I would love that. Yeah. Let's bring him in. Um, and then also we, I don't know if we need to necessarily announce that, but there's, there'll be some exciting announcements coming up with every, it involves all three of us. So yeah, we'll save, we're doing shit. Yeah, we're, we'll save that Getting for later done. once it's ready. Now that, yeah. now that fringe is over and Chris is freed up from the, <sighs> from the, the insanity of that, but it's good insanity, man. That was wonderful, productive insanity. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it's quite I feel like it didn't even actually happen. <laughs> Does that make sense? It yeah. was all a dream. It was all a dream. dream it was all dream, a dream. dream. And you can always find anything and everything Sunnydale Study Group related at SSG Podcasting. And it's at SSG Podcast on Twitter, Sunnydale Study Group on Facebook, on Instagram, at Sunnydale Study Group. And, of course, here. Uh, you can always check out the podcast either on our website or on iTunes. If you want to subscribe, that would really help us out. If you want to leave us a rating, that really, really helps us out, too. No pressure, but, you know, if there's something you enjoy or there's some feedback you want to throw, we read them. So please, mm-hmm. please post. And also tweet us your thoughts. A special belated birthday wish to a few people, JP, Joe, and Joss himself. Oh, so yeah. Yes. Birthdays. Happy birthday, everyone. Joe sent me a really, really nice. I was really stressed about Joe Jose. all the news. Yeah. Jose, Joe. About all the news. And he sent me a message where he was like, well, we keep making art. We keep doing good stuff. Also, it's my birthday. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Let's <laughs> stop all this negativity. Happy birthday. Yeah. So, uh, happy happy belated to all you guys. And if you have a birthday coming up, let us know. We would love to shout it out on the podcast because we appreciate everyone's support. So cool. I love that. Can we now, at the Buffy birthday 18th episode, from now on out, you birthday want a birthday shout out? Just hit us up. <laughs> That's it. a Buffy birthday promise, what? along with misery and pain. For sure. Great. We'll be back next week 
with one of the most iconic episodes of Buffy that has very little Buffy in it, the Zeppo. So get ready for that, guys. It's going to be amazing. Until then, pack up your bags, pack up your books. We'll see you next week. So back in college, the Wikipedia story is that uh, we were talking about Dumbledore and uh, my um, roommate, Sean Kelly, who yeah. is getting married soon. And I'm, out, I'm actually the best man. So. Are, are you really the best yeah, man? You were yeah. just talking about that wedding. Awesome. Yeah. When we were at Denny's uh, at three in the morning. Um, so, uh, yeah, my... My bud, Sean, was talking about how Crookshanks was also gay and J.K. Rowling like never revealed that. And I was like, that's not true. And he was like, it is. Look it up. Look it up. So I went on Wikipedia, and this was back uh, back in the day when you could very easily put something up on Wikipedia, and it'll stay there for a few seconds. Mm-hmm. It was talking, you went to Harry Potter pet section, and it was talking about Crookshanks, and it was like, also Crookshanks is gay. And I was like, <laughs> you probably put that on there. But there was a footnote. And so I went to the, I clicked on the footnote hyperlink, and it went to an actual interview with J.K. Rowling where she said, "We still have yet to find out all the secrets about Crookshanks." And I was like, "Wait, maybe you didn't edit it. Maybe you're right." And so I was like, "Wait, are you messing with me?" He's like, "No, man." And I was like, "Oh my god." We go like a good half hour. I check the website again. The sentence is taken down uh, because the Harry Potter Wikipedia is very heavily monitored. And I was like, "So you did put that?" And he was again, like, "How did you fake that press release or press conference?" He's like, "What press conference are you talking about?" It was a pure coincidence. He didn't realize that the footnote led to something that was ambiguous about Crookshanks. And I was convinced for half an hour that J.K. Rowling had actually at one point mentioned that we don't really know Crookshanks' like, sexual orientations. <laughs> but why, is it, why is that relevant? The sexual orientation of Hermione's cat? Yeah. <laughs> well, why is, you know... Because it's history. Sky blue, because I mean? it's a part of Crookshanks' identity. <laughs> It's important for us to know everything. It's representation. Exactly. But also, he made it up, and the quote just happened to tie into what he had said. So that was my little So now he's getting married. So now now Sean Kelly's getting married to um, Crookshanks. (laughs) Tell everyone. That is perfect.